Kim and Eric is a weird brand of comedy. I don't, I like, I don't, and it's so weird that I don't think I've ever come across any other friend group or any other group of people that even know what it is or are into it. I've definitely encountered a few people that like it. Um, one time at an old job I worked at years ago, I was uh, singing in the back a Tim and Eric song, mm-hmm. and uh, the song goes, "All the food is poison." All the food is poison. And then uh, this kid I work with kicks in the door and goes, Napples, 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 <laughs> which <laughs> is the next line in the song. And I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, no way. Uh, it was awesome. It wasn't like, because most people I meet that like them, like, Oh, I like Tim and Eric, but that's it. But this guy yeah. was able to like match, like just come right in in the middle of this, just some obscure, like fourth season Tim and Eric song. Um, yeah. it was, uh, it was very satisfying. He and I yeah. became fast friends. Yeah. I know that it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's considered like bad because I know the Tim and Eric movie was not well received, like critically, well, a lot but of people I know walked that... out like at Sundance or wherever South by Southwest that <laughs> a lot of yeah. people walk out of the screening. Yeah. So I feel like their brand of comedy is just like really offbeat and it feels unique to us, even though I know they have like a huge fan base. Or something. Or, That's you know. the thing. I think it's different enough that if you like it, it allows you to sort of feel like you're in, like you're in yeah. on the joke that other people aren't. Um, which you know, it's it's silly, but it, it's true. Mm. That's an aspect of it of being like, yeah, I get it. And there's like maybe a a dumb like pride that you get it, and other people don't. And maybe yeah. it's not like because plenty of people that you know they're like, I get it, I just don't like it, and then. In my head, it's like, yeah, you just don't get it. But they probably do because it's, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I love them, though. Yeah. Welcome to episode five of Chatisfaction. As always, I am Sam and you're... Keith. Wait. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We got that right. We always... That's right. Yeah, um, we've got... We've somehow fucked that up every episode so far. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you guys know the deal. We try to satisfy you every week. This is this week's attempt. We're talking about Tim and Eric. Um, Sam, I want to champion something. I've been watching a show that I'm super into lately, and I don't feel like enough people talk about it. Um, it's an HBO show called The Leftovers. Have you heard of this show? Yeah, Tessa really likes it. I have not watched it though. Is, does she like watch it week to week? Um, she. I don't. Is there like? I'm not sure if she's current or not but she has watched it a lot yeah um it's incredible and as you may know uh one of the creative forces behind it is damon lindelof who worked on lost which we went bananas over at least at first yes um and so this show is only going to be three seasons the third season's airing now it's only eight episodes and there are four episodes through uh and it just feels like it's gonna be like this real tight concise thing um and it's just excellent like the first season is based off of a book and so it feels different from season two and three and it's a little more like depressing and two and three are a little more fun they add in some some nice little like fun uh it's just a little more upbeat it's not it's still like a sad show and uh, basically what the show is about and what the book is about as well is uh, in in one moment 
two percent of the world's population vanishes which doesn't sound like a lot but two percent of seven billion people is like a hundred million people and they just vanish like there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it it's just out of nowhere they all vanish at the same time and so the story picks up three years after that event and it's kind of about the psychological fallout of when something like that happens on a global scale um so it's basically a it it is a show about how we deal with pain and loss and how we deal with the unexplainable from a metaphysical or scientific level. Um, and people deal with these things on a personal level, but the show explores what would happen to humanity on a global level um, and how we kind of like break down and, and try to make sense of things. Right. Uh, um, it's the first season is super grounded and kind of, really plays off of those psychological parts and then season two and three gets banana pancakes uh and it's great all the way through so all the stuff that you loved about lost is there and done super well and since it's only gonna be three seasons it's really tight and contained um so they don't they don't even have a chance to go like off the rails like they did with with lost yeah that's i too many shows start with and don't know how they're gonna end yeah um this show feels like they know they know everything about it, even though they won't tell you explicitly everything about it. So there's a lot of mysteries that I feel like just will never be solved, which is cool. And then there's a lot of little things in it that get set up and like paid off in the next episode, which is awesome. That's great. Yeah. yeah I, I like that stuff a lot. That's it's not things see that they're making money. And then, or people see that like shows are making money and they just stretch them out. Like that was definitely what happened with Lost. And it's one of the reasons I think Breaking Bad was so good because I feel like they sort of just did it. They ended on a high note. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is good to hear. Um, when I feel like I have time to watch a show, I might do that. Yeah. Um, just a little recommendation from me. What you been up to lately? Um, Working, planning my wedding. Mm-hmm. And uh, just trying to keep myself uh, centered. Yeah, it's uh, I've I am uh, I you know this about me, uh, but our listeners might not. I'm, I'm a, I've been my whole life a very like low stress person. Um, yeah, and not in a like annoying like hey man bro just chill like namaste, but just like yeah. myself I just. I don't get very stressed out. I don't get very sad generally, but, and when I do, it doesn't last very long. Um, mm-hmm. but I've been in like this sustained mode of stress for a while now and I don't care for it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why people choose to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, what do you, what do you think attributes is attributing to it? Um, playing the wedding, super stressful. We're both bad at it. Um, yeah. and we just still have a million things we have to figure out. And then, on top of that, like, I don't know how much I should talk about specifics of my, my life like this on the podcast, but just money, mm-hmm. like weddings are expensive. And even if you don't want to spend money on them, you s- still end up spending a lot of money on them. Yeah. Um, so wedding and then just life in general, like I, I got a really kick-ass job a few months ago and somehow we like still are broke and I yeah. can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, so that's really it. That's just been, uh, just been weighing me down, but it'll uh, it'll pass. Um, um, you'd be surprised if you like went in 
and looked at what you're actually spending your money on, like how much superfluous shit that we just forget that like this thing does cost two or three dollars and that's two or three dollars that I could not well, no, spend like it's, easily. It's not even that like we went through and did our finances like here's how much money we have to spend every month like on bills yeah. and stuff. And here's yeah. how much money we get every month. And there's like not a lot left. Um, yeah. And it's just surprising. That's that's really it. Like I I I got this kick ass job. But at the same time, I like brought on a bunch of debt that I have to pay off every month. And so it's mm-hmm. like balancing out. Um, yeah but that's uh that's it that's that's the stressful piece of my life um yeah just money stuff yeah you know and that's i feel like i'm the only person that's ever been stressed out about money mm-hmm. yeah uh, for sure yeah no one else has to worry about yeah, that yeah and it's i i it makes me feel good for everyone else that they don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. um but uh so yeah plan the wedding and just being broke so naturally the wedding planning will uh it'll come to its conclusion <laughs> whatever that is like whether it's we fuck up and don't get some stuff set up or everything yeah. turns out and that's the thing even if we don't even if we do fuck up everything will still turn out great um yeah but either way that has an end date you know um and then it'll just be moving forward with yeah. being stressed out about money yeah well um, hopefully that stuff levels out yeah Something cool did happen to me, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at work the other day, and uh, I did a Google search uh, for something called Headless Chrome. It's like basically Google's putting out a version of the Chrome browser that doesn't have like an interface. Um, mm-hmm. And it's I I I can't say too much about it just because I don't know that much about it, and I don't I don't want to talk out of my ass. Um, but headless browsers can be ways to like test. Uh, like your server side endpoints and logic without having to actually like navigate somewhere on a website. Um, yeah. And so Chrome's or Google's putting one out, which everyone's excited about. And so I searched for it. I searched for headless Chrome and the search results come up like a regular Google search page. And then at the top of the screen where the search page meets like the address bar, uh, mm. It opened up like the search page basically shrunk down a little bit. It looked it looked like there was like a three D effect of it, like the page like tilting backwards, mm. and there was just blackness in between. And then there was a message that said, uh, "You're talking our language." Up for a challenge, and I clicked yes, and it took me to this uh, like command line, uh, which is like like MS DOS stuff. Like that's what it's yeah. You just type to interact. Um, it takes me to this like command line thing and i'm like infiltrating this organization and i basically have to solve five coding questions like coding challenges to infiltrate it and each time Mm -hmm. i start one of the challenges i have a timer like the first one i had two days and then the second one i have three days and i'm still working on the second one Um, but i looked it up and apparently it's this it's like a google recruiting tool Um, Mm. and they like monitor your searches and if you somehow like search for enough of the right shit they invite you and it's invite only. The only way you can get it is Google like forcing this invite on you. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool. Like, and I have no real expectations or ambition even that this is going to turn into a job. I, the, the second challenge I I'm finishing up right now was really hard for me. And so I'm sure that the next ones are going to be way harder. Um, but it still is really cool. Like that I got, I'm in on this like secret Google recruiting thing. Yeah. That is super dope. 
Um, it's called, if in case anybody's interested, it's called Google Foo Bar, foo.bar, um, which is like a coding uh, institution. Like foo and bar are used as like example text for everything, and I don't know why. It's really weird. Mm. Yeah. It's not the military use of foobar? No, it's F-O-O-B-A-R. Um, mm. And maybe it just stems from that, but I don't know why it's a, a programmer-like slang. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I could probably look it up and find that out. Um, if any of our listeners know, let us know. Yeah, See comment that, Keith? somewhere. That's called, that's called hooking them. I'm interacting with them, then they interact back, and that's what drives up uh, viewers. Uh, okay. I'll take your word for it. Trust me, I'm a podcast master. I believe it. I do the show with you every week, and I just, I don't understand what you're doing hanging around with me, a podcast noob. Yeah. Well, since you're already stressed out, let's talk about something not stressful at all. That sounds great. Let's talk about death. Um, How do, you mean Thanos' I, girlfriend? No, I mean real life death, dying. The uh, end. Do you think about it? Does it stress you out? All that good stuff. How do you feel about death? You actually took a class in college on death. Oh yeah, but I don't. I don't know anything. I don't remember anything I took from any class on, in college. Um, okay. That class it was like about. Uh, it was about like how death is treated in different cultures, and so it was interesting. Um, yeah. But I still don't even remember a lot of it. Basically. The most I remember is that like some cultures really celebrate it and some mm-hmm. don't, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, I do think about death a lot. Um, not like obsessively, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm terrified of it. Um, yeah, I think I'm a pretty logical, smart person. Uh, and it, it makes me, and I feel so powerless, um, that it, uh, yeah, it's it scares me a whole lot. It scares me in every version of it. Like my own death is scary, and I think I'm more afraid of other people's deaths though than my own. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. Is I'm less scared of my own death because I'm not like confronted with it right now. I'm sure if I had some sort of disease that hindered me, or if I got cancer or something, and even if I got cancer, like I'm more afraid of the suffering than death. If I'm being honest, like yeah, because because I think that you and I are. are think similarly where well i'm not going to assume what do you think happens after we die um i think that we just stop we just stop being yeah so basically nothing happens um i think so as well i'm not going to make a hard definitive this is what happens because that's what religious people do and it annoys me i would say that like the science behind our biology biology leads me to believe that when we die nothing happens to us at like our soul or whatever you however you perceive that like your being just ceases to be um i don't really believe in reincarnation i don't believe in life after death and to be honest like that stuff scares me more than not existing and i, I got like I had anxiety about it as a kid and I didn't realize that's what it was because my family was, was such that like anxiety doesn't exist. You just got to man up through it, you know, right. or, or depression doesn't exist. You just got to be a man and push through it. Um, but I, I used to like lay awake and think about the fact that when 
because my family was religious. So I would think about the fact that when I die, I just exist forever. And that notion, like just existing forever with, without any sort of like heading or purpose or like thing that things just keep going on that made me super stressed out and I lost, lost some sleep over as a kid. Yeah. Um, and so I think when I think about death, the actual actual dying part of it, being dead, doesn't really scare me as much as the pain involved in dying, like the suffering involved. And so, so like when you die, like because we both believe nothing happens, that that means that should be a peaceful feeling because there's no more thoughts, no more stress, no more worrying, no more pain, no more loss, no more nothing. You just you you cease to be, and I think that that. I think that we could get to a place in humanity where that could be a comforting thing. I just don't think we're anywhere near ready for it yet as evidenced by how much of the human population is still highly religious and almost to an extreme extent. Um, And I know that atheism is highly unappealing for a bunch of different reasons, but, um, I've basically heard it explained in this way about about death from I think it was uh Christopher Hitchens who's explaining the the unappealing nature of it to non atheists is it's it's basically like going to a party and um usually when you go to a party if you're a person who likes to party and, and likes to be social, like like that type of stuff, the ideal situation is to be there until the party ends and leave with everybody. Right. Right. Um, and so the idea of an atheist idea of death is going to a party. It's great. Everybody's having a good time, but you have to leave before everybody and you have to leave and every, and you know, everyone else is there and they're still partying. The party still goes on without you and they're all having a great time. And that's that's a bummer. I've had I've had to do that before, and I'm like, fuck, oh, well, I don't want to go. Um, and so that's what it's kind of like to to die with the atheist philosophy. But he says that for the religious philosophy, the idea is that you would go to this party, and it would never end, and that you have to enjoy yourself no matter what. You're not allowed to stop ever. Um. And that would be exhausting and tiring. And like after a while, the party, it just wouldn't mean much because you've been there and you're like, okay, this is it. Uh, overexposure to anything, especially a party, um, just wears itself out on us as humans. Uh, well, so and I- um, as, a, as a reformed Christian, mm-hmm. I have some things to say about that because I think that those like – like your family was religious, but like, would you agree like that they were casually religious? You guys went to church, but it was like it just was a thing you did and the thing you agreed on. Um, yeah, mostly. Like I was really into it for a while, um, mm-hmm. and so I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Like I was one of those jackasses that prayed during the moment of silence in school, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, And I, sorry, that's so in my eye. Um, the the idea, like one of the keys to being religious, is that you just have to believe things. Um, yeah. 
Like that's, that's just a tenant of it is you have to have faith. And so yeah. you have to be able to just believe statements are true. And w- the way heaven was always described, uh, was that, uh, it's basically that you live forever and everything is great. And it's like, and that's, it's not even like, it's, it's described as like, not even, it's not, it's nothing we can comprehend. It's just uh paradise for eternity. But like, we're not ourselves. It's not like you rise up into a different place. And are you, you mm-hmm. are a, you are a different version of yourself, but somehow you're still yourself. And, it is paradise. And so like the argument was like, well, wouldn't you get bored? And the answer is just no, like that's as clean as it is. Like, no, you don't get bored because that's how heaven works. Like it is, it's a magical place. So it can have all these magical properties. Yeah. Um, and I, it always bothered the shit out of me. Cause like my brother had given up God when I was really into it. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, is my brother going to be there? Like, I don't want to go to heaven without my brother. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, and the argument was basically like, you don't like, it was almost like you forget earth or like, you don't, you know, you don't worry about things like that. And it's like, well, I want to worry about things like that. Like, this is all I know. And Mm -hmm. I know that I love these people and these things like, sorry, if my burp just came through, I apologize. Um, I, uh, fuck them. They can deal with it. Say what? I said, fuck them. They can deal with it. Um, I wouldn't want to listen to a podcast if people are burping the whole time. Unless it was fuck a, a sound machine. Fuck them. Fuck the cops. Fuck the burps. Um, But I... Yeah, it, that bugged me. It was just like, what's the appeal of going to a place that's super great if none of my experience down here matters? Like, I don't know. It just It was one of the... That was, I remember, one of the earlier holes for me in religion. Yeah. I was like, I spend my time on earth falling in love with all these people. And then I don't get to be with them in the afterlife. Like what's the fucking point of my time here? If yeah. I'm just going to go be some ethereal being, uh, mm-hmm. with no, and lose all my connections. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, believe it or not, I, a lot of religion really falls apart under scrutiny. I think, um, Yes, it does. But, That's uh, why they teach you not to think and to just believe. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you said, they you just believe it. And it's like, well, why? I guess that's the question they don't like the most is why. Yeah, um, they sure don't. And that's the thing. Anybody who talks about heaven, like, there's there's not that much. The heaven's not described in all that much detail. Like, it's just people's opinions mm-hmm. um, and people's thoughts on it. And camp counselors' answers to make a kid not freak out that his brother's going to hell. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that was another, I can't remember if I mentioned this, uh, last time we brought up religion or not, but, uh, my parents had about a year before I was born, my parents gave birth to, uh, a baby girl who had, mm-hmm. uh, a birth defect and ended up dying like 11 days later. Um, yeah. and it was like, you know, it was, she was someone I knew about my whole life. I had pic- pictures of her as a little baby. Um, and uh, I remember I went to this religious summer camp for a few years, and I remember asking one of my counselors because they basically said, like, everybody is born into sin, and you don't go to heaven unless you, you know, voluntarily accept Jesus Christ into your heart and all that. Um, yeah. 
And I was like, so I had a, like a, a sister that died like 11 days into her life. Like, was she in hell <laughs> because she didn't accept God into her life? Um, and the counselor, like, I could just see him panicking and trying to backpedal and come up with the right answer because he's like well i mean the scripture does teach us this but i just find that hard to believe and stuff and it's like wait you're supposed to be one of the people who like you're supposed to know the answers to this shit and if you're arguing with it because it's uncomfortable that like that was another huge red flag for me when i was a kid yeah i was like uh this might be bullshit (laughs) like this might all be total bullshit um That the, yeah, I always remember that, and then the answer when I was asked about my brother being in hell, I was mm-hmm. like, these are weird answers, and they 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 poke some pretty big holes in it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was a long version of. I never had that stress about heaven getting overwhelming because it was told to me that it just wouldn't. Yeah. Um. um yeah. That's. That's my thing is like how could no one no one really knows um and so the original point that I was trying to make I don't remember so I'm trying to transition into something else unsuccessfully um but yeah dying it's something that we all have to do like you know what I mean and it's I've definitely had my moments where I struggled with that and it's a hard thing to wrap your head around. And it's just, honestly, it's not even worth thinking about or being scared of because neither of those things are going to stop it from happening. And so I think people get so so caught up in that stuff that they forget to, or are afraid to live, you know? And so, um, the thing that I'm more excited, I'm excited, scared of, than myself dying is actually losing the people around me. And I've lost a fair amount. Like I've, I've lost my parents and all of my grandparents, uh, and, uh, my aunts. Um, so I've lost some people that have been super close to me. Um, I haven't lost any friends yet. And that's what I'm the most worried about because I have such tight relationships. I have long standing relationships with people. I've been very fortunate enough to have, multiple people that i could call very good friends and well that's i i've yeah you've always sort of i feel like you have almost a family of choice like we all do like yeah um or i guess at least when it comes to you and me and our friends i feel like we have our families and then we all are kind of our family of our chosen family as well yeah yeah um it's not uh i wouldn't say it doesn't feel uncomfortable when I go to your parents' house and they call me their third son. Yeah. Uh, and they, they go out of their way to make me feel that way. Um, and I definitely feel like you and a choice, choice amount of other people are brotherly to me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm more scared of. So I'm, I'm honestly, what I've been saying lately to my girlfriend and she hates it is I I hope I'm just the first to go out of everybody because I can't, I I couldn't deal with it if uh, it with losing any one of you guys. And I couldn't, I couldn't deal with losing her either. So I'm like, I, I don't want to outlive you. Like I I won't. I very much agree. Um, Yeah. And that's, uh, it's interesting actually. Tessa had a friend in Seattle, um, I think a little bit younger than her that died of cancer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
one of the like last things she said was that like she wasn't scared of dying, but she was really, really fucking bummed out knowing how sad she was going to make everyone by dying, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, so it's like, there's, there's no escaping. Like if you know your death is coming, even you can't like enjoy the fact that you're dying before other people you love. Cause you, you love those people. And so, you know, you're going to, yeah. you're going to bum them out. Like, um, there's no, there's, there's no, you know, there's no good way to die. Like as far as I'm concerned, that's I, the point I kind of wanted to make for myself was that I think my fear of my own death comes almost entirely from like, I have significant fear of missing out mm-hmm. um, yeah. or, or FOMO as it's known. Um, and I think death is the ultimate form of that. Like when I die, I don't get to do anything else again. And mm-hmm. I love yeah. doing stuff. Um, I love being a part of things. I don't like missing out on them. And so like, you know, you think it's uh, like, you think about your own funeral or you think about other people's funerals. And it's like, yeah, they'd love that. And it's like, yeah, they would, but they're not here. Like, but there's mm-hmm. a part of you that like, there's a part of you that thinks like, I wonder what my funeral will be like. And it's like, damn it. Like I don't get to find out. I don't get to know yeah. what my funeral is yeah. like. Um, Unless you fake your own death. Yeah. But then it's different. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I've never done it. I've had very particular fantasies about faking my own death and watching my own funeral just to see how people would react, but nothing yeah. that I would actually do, but yeah. I've just thought about it every now and then. Yeah, because I was saying, like, you even, even that, like, you want to know how people react to your death. You want to know who yeah. is sad, and you want to know how, like, it's just, you just want to know those things, and that's, that's like, the fear for me is that uh, when I stop existing, I stop, I stop existing. Like, so that's, people talk yeah. about, like, oh, I bet it's peaceful. Like, you mentioned that, too, and it's like, it's nothing. You don't, you're not, you don't exist. You don't get to experience it. You don't even yeah. get to experience death. I actually thought it was interesting. I watched uh, Norm Macdonald, I think used to have, I think used to have, I don't think it's still on anymore, um, a podcast, like a video podcast. And uh, he would interview people and he interviewed Larry King and the two of them talked about death. And Norm Mm -hmm. Macdonald was saying that he used to be like petrified of it. um, But that uh, the like thought that got him over it was basically, I believe his words were, uh, you know, me and death will never intersect. Yeah. Um, which is true for yourself, but then that doesn't change my fear of other people dying and people I love dying, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but as I'll never know what it's like to be dead because when I'm dead, I won't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, that's the part that terrifies me the most is when I, and because we are, we are of that age where we are more at risk and there's people, there's people our age and even younger than us that have gotten like, we knew someone that had like an aneurysm, which I know is pretty serious. Uh, I I got some, there was some news, a friend of a friend had got, just got diagnosed with cancer and they're the same age as us. And it's just like, yeah, we're becoming more at risk. So I, I think about it more. It doesn't stress me out more. I think it stresses me out stresses me out less these days. Um the only thing that stresses me out thinking about death is I guess the same thing you're talking about is, is fear of missing out. And it's not even really of missing out. It's the fear of not really having done anything significant with myself 
for myself, not in the grand scheme of things of like people will remember me, but like I haven't had any like long particular personal goals that I've met. Um, and I've had them and then kind of been like, this isn't really what I want. And the the truth is, is that I don't, I never really get that intense feeling of like, I want this. It's more of like, how do I survive so I can do the things I like to do? But I've never had a, a specific drive for like, this is my lifeblood. This is what I want. As far yeah. as like, as far as like a, a job or a career or anything. Um, and that's what I'm afraid of. I think that fear of missing out thing is... I think that's more prevalent now and it's perpetuated by social media. Just the fact that you can dip into someone else's life real quick at any moment, wherever you're at at work or whatever, and just see that someone else is having fun when you're not, or you can see that other people are doing things that you're not doing. Um, Even some, I've been caught by it too. It's like, there are things that I wouldn't even want to do. Like, like I'm not very outdoorsy. Like I, I just am not. And I even see people posting outdoorsy stuff and being like, well, that looks fun. But I like, I would never want, I never had the drive to do those things. I usually get dragged kicking and screaming into doing anything outdoors. Uh, but then by the end of you, are you glad you did it? Yeah, typically. Typically. There's not many times where I've been like, well, this is why I stay inside. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think social media is causes a whole new level of stress to us that is so unnecessary and and makes it very unappealing to me. So I very, I'm very particular about the things, the people that I follow and the things that I follow. So like on Facebook, I follow I follow like people that I've been friends with throughout the years, but on Twitter and and all those things, I I tend to not follow people, but like news outlets or or like more entertainment things less like people showing me how great their life is because you really you're just getting the highlight reel to be honest like you're not you're not with them in their moments of pain and their moments of stress and, and the things that lead up to that amazing thing that they did which is yeah you know that's the stuff that life is actually made of so yeah true that what do you what do you have a fear of missing out on in particular right now um i mean i definitely like I feel like my, our money conversation from earlier aside, mm-hmm. I'm finally like in a position I've wanted to be in for a very long time. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to have kids. I've always wanted to get married. And for a lot of my life, I've always wanted to get married and have kids with the, a particular woman. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all, you know, we're getting married in a month and we're our, our hope is to try to have kids at some point And like, so there's like the next step of my life is beginning and I'm very excited for it. And yeah. so it would like, if I did get, uh, if I got cancer or something next week, like I would feel super ripped off. Um, yeah. Cause I, it's like, are you kidding me? Like I'm finally at this point that I've been trying to get to for so long. Like that's been, I don't know. Some people don't care about family, but since I was a little kid, I've always like, I've wanted a, a wife and kids. I've, that's been a, the goal of mine and sort of how I got there was, wasn't as important yeah um i think that's fine too i mean it's it's weird to think about not wanting to have kids and we could we could transition i mean do you want to talk about death anymore do we have anything else to say about it um let's see 
I do have one more thing to say about it, and this I thought was would be interesting. Not interesting, just kind of funny. Um, but uh, last time we had a more serious conversation, it reminded me of a Futurama quote, and that's exactly mm. what's happened this time as well. Um, okay. So I'm going to send you the video again. Um, All right. And it's only like a three-second clip. Basically, I'm going to intro it, and then uh, Keith will have it spliced in for our listeners. Um, okay. But basically, I uh, the way it boils down, when I talk about death, I bring up this quote from Fry a lot um, because, like, as far as I'm concerned, dying is you cease to exist when you die. And Fry in an episode says this. But existing is basically all I do. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um, I think... That was from Bender's Big Score, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I think it's from the end of Bender's Big Score. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's a good fry quote, and uh, and I agree with it. Um, and I do, like, it, it, I, every time I talk about death and why I'm afraid of it, I think about that quote. Um, but I'm not, I'm not cripplingly afraid of it. Um, I just don't want it to happen like if i think too hard on it i i like feel a little anxious but i also agree with what you said earlier like nothing i could possibly do will stop it i could potentially do some things that will make it come faster um but there's so many different ways to die that are outside of your reach too like you know within reason i feel like you should kind of just live your life and Hope, yeah hope you live a good one um and that's like it's kind of go ahead or just just like you know i think if all your focus is on being healthy with for that purpose you know like if if you want to be excessively healthy so that you live longer mm-hmm. i like there's a trade-off like you live longer but you spend your entire life trying to stay healthy so you live longer um yeah there's I, there's plenty of good reasons to be healthy, uh, but I feel like some people, that's their motivation is like, the sole motivation is like I need to be healthy so that I live a longer life, and I, that to me can get excessive, um, but yeah, also teach their own, um, but then on this flip side, like I don't think you should live incredibly unhealthy because you know you might get hit by a car tomorrow or anything like that. Like I think there's a balance. Um, yeah, it's true. I mean, anything can happen. And I think for me, like I'm trying to make healthier choices and adapt a little bit more of a healthier lifestyle little by little and definitely going into it kicking and screaming. My girlfriend keeps trying to get me to eat salads and I just fucking refuse because fa- salads are a waste of time. All right. So waste. we talked about this before. You need to get the pre-packaged salads from Trader Joe's. They're like full mm-hmm. of a bunch of different shit. There's usually meat in them and they're like good and like they feel like there's substance in them. I'm not a big salad person either, but I've always really enjoyed those. Yeah. But just like lettuce is bullshit. Yeah. But so you get one that's like, uh, spinach and, uh, edamame beans and, you know, chicken and walnuts and like a, and blue cheese, like in a bunch of different stuff. All oh, together. Blue cheese. Get out of here. Get out of here with that blue cheese. I, you know, you get one that looks good to you, Keith. I'm just describing. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of different flavors, a lot of different textures that can go together. I also am not a big salad guy, but I think that the Trader Joe's 
prepackaged salads. They're easy as shit, obviously, because you just dump the dressing in them and mix them up. And yeah. uh, they're they're usually really good. Yeah. I think if there's a um, chance of you liking salads, then that will get you there. I mean, I don't mind salads. I just... Uh, I'm very stubborn. I don't have a scientific reason for saying they're bullshit. I'm just saying that eating a bowl of lettuce is boring, and lettuce is just uh, water-filled nonsense and i'm not i'm not all about that life fuck lettuce fuck salads um you don't have to have a scientific reason keith i just have faith it's true um but uh the reason wanting to do anything for a longer life is silly i think that the reason why i'm trying to do healthier things and i think the reason why the reason to be healthier is to reduce your suffering. So that's the whole thing is like, there's so many things that could cause you suffering here. Eating poorly is one of them and it can cause immense amount of suffering. Um, just treating your body poorly in any way. I remember my dad was like, uh, he did drugs like hardcore drugs a lot. And I, I, I don't have a lot of memory of him cause he died when I was young. But I remember cause I caught him at the end of his life I saw firsthand like the way that that debilitates you, how it shuts your kidneys down and, and all the stuff. And towards the end of his life, he had to go on dialysis and he was just weak all the time. Like he just couldn't function at peak performance uh, and just always looked miserable. And he had like digestion problems and, and all that, you know, it's, it's just like being living a longer life is not the point. It's, it's living without suffering. And I think well, the idea of suffering a better life. Yeah. You should fill it up with good stuff. Um, so I'm not too, too terribly concerned with like the age that I'll live to. I don't, I definitely don't want to live too long. I don't want to live to be in my nineties to be honest. And it's just like, I don't know how much, how useful I will be in that state. See, I, I think it's kind I of a crapshoot. I don't fuck that. Um, but yeah, I think I think those are the reasons why. I mean, eventually I'll start getting into a workout routine consistently. But for right now, I, I'm trying to eat better, trying to get into a better habit with that, and then start work, working in some workout stuff. I imagine when my girlfriend and I see each other more, having a, an accountability partner is going to go a long way towards that. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. It definitely, I like, so we, I've mentioned this before, I've been running, um, mm-hmm. and I've been doing it pretty consistently. I either go rock climbing or I go running. I do one of those two yeah. things every day. Um, yeah. and it's like alternating. Uh, and like when I go for a run and I get back, like even among our stress, I feel like Tess is like proud of me for going for a run mm-hmm. and it like makes me feel good and it makes me want to keep doing it. It's like the biggest motivating factor. Um, and that's like, yeah, just, just, just piggybacking off that. Like it's that accountability, but also it's like, it's not just that you'll feel bad if you don't, but it's that you feel good if you do, because there's another person helping you feel good for doing it. Yeah. And you don't want to let him down. You definitely, yeah. I have that complex with, with my girlfriend. I was like, I just don't, I don't want to let her down. And so that's the, that's been the hardest part of being together 
is that there's no part that's difficult. Like I, I enjoy spending time with her. I just always stress myself out because I always wonder like, what does she think of me doing this? What does she think of me doing that? What does she think of me spending three hours playing a video game today? You know, and, and that was my, one of my worries that I expressed early on with her. I was like, I'm just, I'm just generally afraid I'm going to let you down because of the way that my past relationships has gone. And I'll never forget. She looked me dead in the face and just said, you won't. And that was it. And just the way that she looked at me, the belief uh, I was like, okay, I'm not going to, <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see how this plays out. Um, so yeah. And that's good. That's, I mean, you know, if we want to dig into relationships, like you gotta be okay with who the person is. Yeah. And it's interesting cause you guys are different. Like she's very into athletic things and you have never been. Yeah, she's a she's a vegetarian. She eats well. She does. She's super into not super in athletics, but she's more athletic. She enjoys doing that stuff. She enjoys being outside in nature and stuff. I couldn't be more opposite in those very basic things, but I think on a personality level, we're very compatible. Right. So it's a little bit of like I'll do some of what you like, you do some of what I like. So she she'll play games with me every now and then. Like we play that game Overcooked that we've talked about uh, before. And yeah. she loves it. She she asked me to play it, and we've been playing Stipper Clips too. Um, nice. She asked me to play these games, and I'm like, "Fuck yes!" I've never wanted to hear anything out of your mouth more than that. Yeah, um, that's not not true. It's and exciting, then, but it also it's a double edged sword because yeah, I like was super stoked that Tessa's playing Zelda, and I still am. But it also means we have to fight over who gets to play Zelda, and we don't play in front of each other because of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, she hasn't gotten into a game by herself yet. Actually, she did play Gone Home and enjoyed that, but that doesn't really involve much out of a player. It's just yeah. more of experiencing a story. Um, but then, like, I do stuff with her that she wants to do. So, like, we've gone, we've been going for like long walks lately, like at an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Uh, when we're together, um, and we do have like some hiking stuff planned too. Uh, and we were talking about doing, there was like a zip line, some sort of zip line course somewhere and heights terrify me. And the idea of zip lining through the, the tops of trees terrifies me, but it's like, Oh, well I got to get over this shit at some point. And so those things like there's a natural fear, obviously of like just of the height, but mm-hmm. it's also like. If you're on a zip line and it breaks, like then that's just your fucking time to die. Like yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. it's so unlikely, you know, things like that. People are like, Well, what if this happens? It's like, Well then that's you're gone. <laughs> like, sorry, yeah. but it's not gonna, you know, like there's there's so yeah. many things that people are afraid of where they should be more afraid to drive to work. Um it's, t- just, it's totally just true. Statistically. But yeah. Like and it makes sense. I mean, these things are uh, the reason they're thrilling is that they seem very dangerous, mm-hmm. but they're not that dangerous. Like you always see people on like Facebook and stuff that post like crazy roller coasters. It's like, would you ride this? And it's like, yeah, like roller coasters are safe. Like the, they're a hundred percent safe. And obviously they're not, there have been accidents, but there have been accidents on everything. Mm-hmm. And, 
but they're you know they legitimately scare a lot of people and i don't get it because they're just fun to me like yeah they scare me there's so no fear involved anymore for me um, yeah but but i get it like i understand why it's i i can't relate to it but i get it like that's the point of them is to be thrilling and scary um yeah but like i get terrified on uh those like drop towers yeah those things scare uh, the shit out of me, even I though I could argue the exact same way. Like, I could say yeah. the exact same things about them, but they scare the shit out of me. Yeah. No, thank you. It's more of a heights thing for me. I think I just have, like, a really intense fear of heights. Yeah. Yeah, I even get nervous on, like, ladders that really aren't that high up comparatively to what some other people do with ladders. Like... I saw a guy one time, he came to work to repair something and he had to get on the roof and he couldn't access it for some reason. So he like pulled up his truck next to the building and had a ladder that went to the top of his truck and then had a ladder just standing on the top of his truck and the metal on the top of a truck just, it just bends. Like it's not stable. Yeah. There's not a lot of friction there. Yeah. And he just put this fucking ladder on the top of his truck going to the top of the building and just like no one was holding it, he just like went up there. And I'm like, God damn, dude! Like I would never do that. That's why I could never be any sort of repairman. Because like I'd be like, Oh, you don't have access to the roof? You ain't getting repaired today. That ain't happening. But that dude like hoisted his ladders up and just went up there, no fear. Um, I'm just like, good on you. I couldn't. I do can that. never be a repairman because I hate manual labor and I'm uh, a a dainty little flower. Yeah, that too. Um, okay, so dying sucks, but not really. It does, but but dying really sucks for the living more than it does for the person dying. Well, yeah, because like, as we said, the person never even, uh, they don't get to know. Yeah. Oh, here's, no, here's some, some further conversation we have about dying. If there Mm. was an afterlife, like what do you, what do you fantasize about as far as an afterlife goes? I definitely have some afterlife fantasies that I wish were true um rebirth uh, without knowledge of previous life which and that's like that's one of the most legitimate uh options i feel like yeah um which i don't know why like there's nothing scientifically legitimate about it but Mm. who knows if it's true who knows how many lives we've lived um but even then like i like the idea of starting fresh but i also don't like the idea of forgetting everybody yeah i just don't like the there is a our, there's chemicals in our body that makes us respond to stuff um and they're chemicals that are finite like they run out so at a certain point in your life things just aren't precious to you anymore like life life isn't new or exciting or anything anymore even if you like at a certain point if you live forever there's gonna come a point where you just know everything and then what do you do? Like you could make stuff, but when does that get boring? And then what do you do? If, what do you do after that? Like the idea of living forever is not appealing to me. The idea of, you know, existing, like burning out and then starting anew is more appealing because then you can come at it with fresh eyes instead so, of your old bullshit baggage. A version of that that I, you know, I don't think I'm alone in this, but that I've thought about that'd be cool is like, what if we do exist in some other plane um, where Mm. we are eternal 
and and all knowing or whatever, and we opt in to life on Earth. And when we make the decision, when we opt in, we go in it new and fresh. But then when we come out of it, so I die, I go back to my eternal existence, and I have memories of every life I've lived on Earth. Like that would that clicks that works for me, um, mm-hmm. because. I don't know if you could get bored of that. Like if, if you were bored, you just go start a new life. Um, and then all the people you hold precious in your lives, you continue to hold precious, but then, you know, you're awoken into all these other precious things. Maybe you're a real piece of shit, like in another life and you don't know. Um, yeah. Like I like the idea that right now I'm on, I'm like, I'm a consciousness that's, that's on a, a trip, you know, like I opted into this and I did it. Uh, for fun or as an experiment or whatever. And that when I die, the rest of my consciousness will awaken, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's more, that's like, that's if I, if I designed the afterlife that I think that's kind of the idea that I like. I like yeah. the idea of not forgetting about my life mm-hmm. and being able to treasure the things I treasure. Um, but I also like, I, I like the idea of, you know, getting to do it anytime I want. Um, but yeah, I think the, I think that the only way to truly live forever or to really kind of the idea of like, okay, start again, like start fresh is, you know, having kids is one of them, but also um, learning to be a teacher is another one teaching passing things down is the only way to truly live forever and being nice being i wouldn't say nice but being well and doing right by the people around you is another way because whether you realize it or not someone could have picked up a thing that you've done or said to them and passed that on to someone else or grafted onto a part of their life i mean i know plenty of people that that's happened to me like i've picked up habits or little things here or there for from other people that i would never I would never have done had I not met them. So in a way, a piece of them is part of me forever or until I die. And then who knows if I'll pass it on to someone else um, through my life. Um, well, and that's, that's, yeah. Well, my aunt died. I sort of remember thinking about that. Um, like, cause the, I think the hardest time to not believe in an afterlife is when someone you love dies because you want them, you want to be able to think that they're, still good you know um yeah and when my aunt died i remember sort of the way i processed it was trying to think that uh exactly what you were saying but like even more minute like the thing the fact is i every person we ever encounter any capacity has an effect on our lives and it might be extremely minimal um or it might end up being bigger like if you walk by enough people in the street with a yellow hat, then maybe when you're at the store, you want to buy a yellow hat or you don't yeah. want to buy a yellow hat because you've seen a bunch of them and it's subconscious. Like, and then, you know, that decision, at least like you never know. Like I, I'm always fascinated with the idea that any little thing can lead to great things. Like I guess it was, that's called the butterfly effect. Um, yeah. Or, or I believe that's what the butterfly effect refers to. Um, and I, and I believe that. And so I do think that's like when someone dies, that is, that is the, the real version 
of their soul and their spirit living on is that everyone they ever encountered is different for that encounter, whether it be yeah. slightly different or very different. The people they were closer to are significantly different. Um, you know, I am a, di- I would be a different person if my aunt had not been in my life. I like just straight up would have been, and I didn't yeah. even see her a ton. Um, you know, the people she encountered even more would be even more different. Like there's, there's just, I, and I think that's beautiful. Like I think that's, that's real and it's beautiful. Yeah, that I, I would agree that that is the true beauty of life is just really not knowing the impact of all of those little things that you do. Even a small kindness could impact somebody in such a huge way. Yeah. And that's uh, everybody, you know, not everybody, but there's a, there's an image of a person in my head who they care so much about their legacy, you know, mm-hmm. and like they want to make their mark. And it's like, we all make a mark. And I think that the, the bigness of it shouldn't necessarily matter because it's one of those little things like, just asking somebody if they need help with something, you know, like yeah, a stranger or not a stranger, like just any little thing. Yeah. Just like you said, like the, the smallest interactions can have long reaching consequences that no one's aware of. Um, and that is, that, that's why I initially asked the question of, you know, what do you fantasize about? Um, because my, my major fantasy about an afterlife, the reason I, the reason human Sam wants there to be an afterlife the most is that I want my fucking end game credit stats. Um, <laughs> and, I, yeah. and it's 100% from video games. Like I want to know, I want to be able to know any detail about my life. I could possibly know. I want how many gallons know, of Mountain Dew did I drink? Yeah. How much, like how much poop did I make? Yeah. In my life. Like that would be amazing to know. Like, and in the in the world of heaven, the fake world of heaven, you know that could that you could have these answers in any way. Like, make my poop a wall. How high does it go? Like, it's they're all about poop, by the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> every single one. Um, but no, it's like well, I want to know like who's the person in my life that I was I spent the most time around and never noticed. Like, who did I walk past on the street? the most times with never out noticing like any little things like that. What's, you know, what is the smallest thing that had the biggest impact? Um, yeah. How much Mountain Dew do you drink? How much longer would you have lived if you hadn't drank all that Mountain Dew? Little stuff <laughs> like that. Like what decisions, like where were the major forking points in my life? Um, yeah. Like what were the decisions I made that would have led me down a super different path? Like those are those, those ideas are what like romance me about an afterlife. I think that would be amazing. And I could probably kill a few years asking those questions and then I would get bored and then I don't care as much. It's just like, I want to be able, I want to be able to go watch things. I want to be able to go, okay, like what actually happened, you know, on, uh, that on the airplane that went, that crashed on, on September 11th. Like, Mm-hmm. I want to watch the scene. Like, not that I want to watch the, everyone die, but like the mysteries, like I'd love to be able to actually get answers to real life mysteries. Um, and, yeah. and all that stuff, because being a consumer of media, I'm used to getting answers at the end. Uh, yeah. And except when it comes to lost, <laughs> um, 
and that's we got answers they just weren't the answers <laughs> yeah, we wanted we weren't asking those questions yeah. um yeah and that's 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 my biggest fantasy of an afterlife and i know it's not true um but that'd be like if there was an afterlife and i go like meet god and i'm like hey man like how many swimming pools could i fill with my poop and he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why did, Why am I even here? Let's, I want to go to the other place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one final thing that is unappealing to me about living forever in heaven is that there's uh, there's been plenty of people here that I've met that are not bad people, but they're just people I would never care to see again. And if I had to run into one of these people in a place where they exist forever, and I think you know the type of people I'm talking about, the type of people that you meet and immediately they are way too quick with uh, thinking that you're friends. Brooks. And you're talking they, about Brooks. Brooks West. Yeah. Pouncy. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, and that they get too comfortable too quick and just act as though you're friends and that just secretly annoys you and... Those are the type of people I would I would never. There's plenty of people I know that have died, not plenty. There's a few people I know that have died that I I'm like I do not ever want to see you again. Like you were fine. I had nothing against you. I just am completely fine never seeing you again. And if I have to go somewhere where I have to see them every waking moment of my existence, no thanks. Um. Yeah. And that was that's another like aspect of you know of the heaven that was preached is like, you only see the people you like. And it's like, so am I just in my own fucking head in this heaven? Like, yeah, it just, just doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's not supposed to make sense. That's what's so beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I know exactly what you mean with those people. They, I feel like, uh, I, I always encounter them. Like I think about with like people like that at jobs, um, yeah. especially like I've worked at a lot of restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, when you start a new job socially, you've got to pay your dues for a little while. You, you, I think you should start off a little reserved, a little shy and you get to know people a little bit slowly. And every once in a while, there's those people that come in and they just are like, they're just buddies with everyone right away. And you're like, Oh, stop it, Steve. And it's like, you don't even know Steve. You've been here for a a fucking month. Like you can't act like you like, and that just gets under my skin to no end. Um, yeah, because I and then maybe it's just my own thing because I am the person that starts out very shy at jobs and then eventually open up and I'm my ridiculous self and people always like me, but it always takes time. Um, and I appreciate yeah. the process. I think it's important. Yeah, that's why um, with those type of people, I'm always a dick to them. Always. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I'm super, <laughs> super close off to those people. It takes them a lot longer to be friends with me than if they had just been slow about it yeah there's no quicker way to get on my bad side having just met me than saying like oh i thought we were friends or saying anything that were that even insinuates that we're friends any more than just workplace acquaintances because to me like we don't use our language very properly anymore and a friend is something it means something and when you just go like oh this is my friend even though you've only worked for that person for like a week like come on that's not the definition of friendship like i wouldn't i wouldn't be there for you if you called me if anything i would ignore that let it go straight (laughs) to voicemail and probably never even look at the voicemail um but yeah i'm very particular about who i choose to call friend 
Um, and I, I tend to, I think this podcast would be show that this statement is going to be hypocritical, but I tend to be very specific about my language when I use it. Um, even when I don't know what words mean and I use them anyway. Uh, yeah, but you use them very, you use them with intent and I specifically. Do. Yeah. Did someone recently tried to pull some bullshit where they're like, you don't even know what that word means. Or, or they asked me there, I used a word, I don't remember what it was, but they were like, do you even know what that means? And I was like, yeah, I do. If you don't think I know what it means, you look it up. Like, I'm not going through that process. Just because you don't know what it means doesn't mean yeah. I don't. Yeah, I use that word proper, properly and particularly in this situation. So uh, I don't have to defend myself. You're making the accusation that I'm using it wrong. You yeah. look it up. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, um. I had a question and I lost it. Maybe it'll come to me. Um, what was it? Just, I was talking about not wanting to meet people that I don't like in heaven. Um, you're talking about being specific with your words. Um, yeah. And that made me think I'm not, I'm that way about like hugs. Mm-hmm. I think a hug is like, it means something when I hug someone and it's not like the fucking, a huge deal. But like yeah. I've I've worked at a lot of places. I mean, it's when you work in restaurants, it's a younger crew normally. Um, yeah, and they all fucking hug each other all the time, mm-hmm. and I, it just weirds me out. Um, and I don't. And so then when I do hug someone, they're like, "Holy shit, Sam just hugged me!" And I'm like, "Yeah, because yeah. I wanted to." Like, and now it has some resonance, and you're you feel good about it, you know. And I feel good yeah. about it. Whereas if you do all the fucking time, no one gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah, handshakes are the way to go. Shake everybody's hand before I leave at night. Thank him. Give him the old thank you. Butt slaps. Butt slaps, yep. Do you watch Key and Peele? Uh, randomly. They had a really good uh, skit where this guy is a baseball player. And his thing was he would always slap the other player's butt. And he would scream, slap ass! So I have a few people at work that we do that to each other. It's a fun inside joke. Fun in joke. Not really an inside joke because it's from Key and Peele, but we just say it to each other. I like it. Um, cool. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling mostly satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I think you want to keep going? Satisfied. No, that's the thing is, I feel like this is a relatively short for us, but I also feel like. I do feel satisfied. Like, I don't know where I yeah. want to go with the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, I feel like this is short, but it's concise. Yeah. Our longer it's, episodes have fewer views. So I don't know if length has anything to do with it. Maybe we'll run a little experiment here. What's our, uh, what's our high, like how many views do we normally get? Um, so the average is like 25 per episode. Ooh. The highest has been like 30 something. That's good. That's more than I expected. Hi, everybody. Yeah. yeah. So Thanks. thank you for all of you who are listening. However, this means that you're not doing what I told you to do. And what I told you to do is tell all your friends about it. What I didn't tell you to do is to make them listen to it. And so that's on yeah. me. Yeah. I'll they, take that. They very easily could have told their friends about it. And then that was yeah. that. They're like, well, so, I've fulfilled my end of the bargain. So look, I'll I'll take partial blame on that account. But here's what you need to do now. Is if you, you told your friends about it, you need to follow up with them. 
Do you remember that show I told you about? Did you listen to it? If the answer is no, you really need to take drastic measures. And I would never endorse violence, but I'm also going to say that I'm not against it. So with that knowledge... Would you say you endorse it? I have no comment. Uh, with that knowledge, you know, do what you got to do. But get these people to listen to our show because it's damn good. It's- I honestly, I say it like I go either way. I don't know if I can handle the pressure of more than 30 people listening to us. Sam, I don't use this language lightly and I usually don't use this strong a language. But the show is damn good. I have a damn lot, good. I have a lot of skeletons in my closet and I don't think I can handle the celebrity. We'll never be celebrities. I'm just to each other. When it gets to like 50 views, I feel like we're legally celebrities. I'm going for like 2,000. Holy God in heaven. I would love to reach that number. That's insanity. Is that realistic? Yeah, I think so. That's crazy. I still, like I said every, every time, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get why people would listen to this, but I, it's, it's really cool that they are. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening, but I still don't get it. Yeah. Well, thank thank you for listening. Sam has already said he's satisfied. Uh, follow us at Twitter minus at double jump chump. And the show is at satisfaction underscore. Sam doesn't use Twitter because he's too busy counting how much he's pooped. Uh, we have the Facebook page, facebook.com at slash backslash satisfaction. Add us on MySpace, myspace.com slash. Uh, I forget the naming convention on MySpace. That joke fell apart. Sorry. Is MySpace still around? I'm sure, yeah. I wonder who uses it. Tom, probably, but I don't know of anybody else. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and follow us on uh, on iTunes or at Podbean. Uh, rate and subscribe it and review it. Leave a oh. little nice written review. Should I subscribe to our podcast? Probably. I haven't done that or rate it. I don't actually know how to do that. Um, should I just go on iTunes and search for it and go on Podbean and search for it and then click all the, the positive things? Yes. Okay, I'll do that. See? I'm learning too, guys. It's okay if you didn't do it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all the all the stuffs for you this week. Sam, send them out. Have a good time. Have a great time. I'll take it that far. Well, that's the difference between you and I. I'm being realistic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>